Welcome to the Sunday evening service at Bible Baptist Church in Hampton, Georgia, where the Bible is opened and explained. Christians are encouraged and Christ is lifted up. Thank you for joining us and may your hearts be blessed as God's word is taught. And now, enjoy this message from Pastor Lauren Regeer. Holy Spirit would be our teacher. We commit uh, these moments to you, how precious it is that you've given us a book that opens up your very heart. And so I pray that we would be good learners and obedient workers, doers of the Word. Thank you for James and his connection to you as a brother and then, of course, a brother in Christ. Thank you for saving him and then using him to write this wonderful letter. It's precious. And I pray that we would glean truths that would help us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 19 begins with a word, wherefore. It's a connecting word, but let's read 19 to the end of chapter 1. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls." Be ye doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word, not a doer, he is like unto a man who beholds his face, his natural face, in a glass or a mirror, and beholding himself, he goeth his way straightway, forgetting what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he, not being a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man, this man shall be blessed in his deed. If any man among you seems to be religious, but bridles not his tongue, deceiveth his own heart. This man's religion is vain or worthless, pure religion, undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. If I were to knock on your door and just jump into your house and begin saying, wherefore? Wherefore I've decided to quit what I'm doing and I'm going to go to the Amazon jungle region area and I'm going, to, I'm going to just explore the rivers. You would stop me, I hope, and say, now, why in the world are you doing that? And when we have this connecting word in the middle of chapter one, wherefore? He's going to ask us to be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. We've got to connect it to what's already been spoken. It is a word uh, that needs context, uh, and so we would look at wherefore, and we go back to uh, the, the chapter as it begins, because you're greatly tried and scattered abroad, and because your trials have a, d- a divine design, verse 3, and because these trials may be causing some of you to doubt the Lord's purpose and wisdom, verses 3 through 6, in this season of very difficult time, and Verses 11 and 12, because life is short, like a flower of the grass that appears and perishes, and your choices and responses have such eternal consequences. And verses 12 and beyond, because some of you are even tempted to blame God and excuse your sin because of how difficult it is for you. Because of these things and because, verse 17 and 18, that God is true and His Word is true. He's the source of truth 
And because, verse 18, you are kind of, as a first century church, you're kind of the first fruits of the resurrection, the gospel, as you're spread as missionaries throughout the, the Asian world there, Asia Minor and beyond, to Greece, Rome, as you're being scattered abroad, you're carrying as really first generation Christians the truth of the resurrected Lord. Because of all these things, I want you to live in this way. And then we get to verse 19, right? And he says, therefore, or wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man, because you're a display of grace, you are to watch how you live. And because of your calling to display the mercies and the grace of a, of a sanctified living Savior within you, you know truth. It stands the test of time. And so it is, he says, as you carry this truth out, let it be, let it be amplified by how you live. And so we've talked about the bees, the kind of the, the beatitudes of James. Be joyful, verse 2, be patient, verse 3, be wise, verse 5, be thankful, 9 and 10, be honest. And then we come to true maturity of a, of a mature, excuse me, living faith, and there's some more be instructions, and we see, first of all, we are to be receptive in verse 19. Wherefore, uh, and he says, he's speaking to Christians, beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. If you were to go to church in those days, the pastor wouldn't get up and say, now I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter whatever. In the New Testament, they had the law, the prophets, and the Psalms. And that was what they operated out of. And so those, at least in the earliest days of the early church, would come to church and typically there would be someone there who could explain the law or there would be a man who was known as an apostle. And so he would have the gift of knowledge and that is he would speak the words of Christ to them. And so instead of just everybody standing up and debating like the Greeks love to do in the public square, see who had the most, the most beautiful presentation or oration of something or some new philosophy, don't do that. As you come to church, have a learner's spirit. You could say, I want you to hush up and listen to the man that God brings who has the gift of knowledge and discernment, so be slow to speak. Some of the churches got in trouble because everybody wanted to express their own mind. I'm so thankful for the teachers we have in our church and school who spend hours preparing to speak. And as we come, we are to listen to the teachers and preachers of the Word with a receptive heart. And and parents, I want to just say this because I want to make this book practical. On Saturday night, especially, prepare your family and your children so that when they come to church on Sunday, not only be there for every opportunity to hear the Word, for it is eternal, and it is the thing that changes us into the image of Christ. And so there's a, there ought to be an import to that particular meeting. We're going to church because we want to hear from God. And so what we're going to do, kids, is we're going to prepare on Saturday for Sunday. 
What a novel idea. We're not going to stay up till one o'clock in the morning watching Disney. We're going to get to bed at a decent time. We're going to get up, get to church. So our hearts are ready. There's a, I won't say any names. There's a kid in Carline. He's not a kid. He's in high school and he comes and he's dragging. And I say, what's wrong? And this is almost every morning. And I say, he says, I'm so tired. I said, why? It's the same answer. Oh, I was up till two or three in the morning. And listen, we as parents have some onus upon us to help our children, help ourselves prepare for the listening and the attentiveness that we need to the Word of God. Be receptive. What a great verse this is. Of course, in the hour James was ministering, again, there wasn't a copy of the Bible in everybody's hands, so they were to be receptive. And it's so important that we have this uh, wonderful spirit when we approach uh, not only a formal teaching, but when we open the Word of God privately, Lord, speak to me. Let, the, let your words minister to my heart. Quiet your heart. And then he says, uh, be peaceful in your spirit. And we get that uh, from the next part of that, for the wrath of man, be slow to wrath. <laughs> for the wrath of man, and one commentator said there's a reason he put man in there, not woman. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. I think the idea is there is that the wrath of people uh, does not work the righteousness of God. Do you know that uh, the Lord commands the one who is especially a spiritual leader in the church not to be soon angry or a brawler, not to strive? The servant of the Lord must not strive, but to be gentle. And so it is here we see this injunction, uh, be peaceful, be a peacemaker, have a gentleness about you that exudes the presence of God, the wrath of man. The Lord does not prohibit righteous anger, a rightful anger, but be slow to anger. Don't let anger be your first impulse. Does anyone here know a verse from Proverbs about how do we, we are to be slow in our responses in terms of anger? Proverbs 15, 1, I believe it is. It says, a soft answer turns away wrath. I remember hearing about a friend of Charles Spurgeon who wrote a book called Come to Jesus. His name was Dr. Newman Hall. Back in the day, another preacher read it through and wasn't too excited about some of the principles, and so he wrote a public scathing letter, posted it, among the preacher's guild, and it began to get traction. It really upset the man who wrote the book, so he wrote a letter of protest back to his critic. And his letter was so full of anger and vitriol, although it was theologically accurate, but it was full of just uh, hateful invectives. And instead of saying, have you ever written a note just maybe, <laughs> it's so easy now, right? We've got the internet. Facebook, what, he wrote this angry note, and before he sent it, or mailed it to this friend, his critic, he decided wisely to stop by Spurgeon's office and say, would you mind reading this? Not a bad idea. Before I send it, and Spurgeon read it quietly and, and then looked up at him and said, I think this letter is theologically accurate, but it is harsh. And he said this to the man who wrote the book. He said, would you do something under your signature? You should probably add one more thing. You should add the little postscript. 
lovingly from Dr. Newman Hall, author of Come to Jesus. Well, he looked at Spurgeon and took his letter and ripped it to shreds and walked away. The servant of the Lord must not strive. The wrath of man worketh not the right, righteous. Rarely have I had an argument with someone, theologically argument, arguing with someone, pressing my point about something where we've walked away just feeling better about ourselves. Rarely does that happen. Rarely does that advance the cause of Christ. So we're to be receptive, be peaceful, we're to be pure. We see that in the next few verses. Wherefore, lay apart, that means set aside. Now, there's some words here we don't use every day in our common tongue. Therefore, lay up, set aside, put off is really the idea, like a filthy garment. All the filthiness, uh, wickedness of the flesh. And what is that next phrase? Superfluity of naughtiness. It really means the overflow, the excess of wickedness. Lay aside like a corrupt, dirty filthy garment, the immoral ways of your flesh, the excess, the abundance, the overflow of wickedness. And folks, you think about it. Are we living in a culture that is just saturated with wickedness and getting worse and worse? It seems like it is. TV programs, TV ads, as, uh, even tonight, I'm sure that we're going to have to turn our head away or turn it off if we watch the Super Bowl. Internet ads, Sewage coming from magazines and uh, billboards. We are a culture living in the overflow of seduction and evil. And it seems like the more filters you try to put on, the more aggressively the the wicked one comes and tries to deceive and corrupt us. And so he says, take away from you all, not some, take it off, put off. Put off all this, the filthiness and excess of wickedness, and receive with meekness a humility of spirit. What is that next phrase, the engrafted word? What does that mean? It means to engraft or graft something means it's planted deeply. The, the deeply planted, the grafted, the rooted word. Now, I'm going to ask you something to be very honest with me. If we are to put off the wickedness We can't just stand there and think our job is done. We are then to bathe our spirit, meditate in such a way that the Spirit of God through His Word begins to take principles of the Word and graft them into us. It's not enough to come and check the box. We've been to church on Sunday, heard a couple of nice little messages. We're going home and I'm glad that's over. Listen, when's the last time out of your devotional life personally you have approached somebody in that day and said, You know, here's what God, as I meditated on this principle this morning in my devotions, God impressed me me with this, and I want to share it with you from my heart. I don't think we meditate, slow down, and let the Word root itself in us. I had a call from my son-in-law on my birthday, and he said, "Um, I would like to pray for you. And I said, that'd be wonderful. That'd be a treasure. And so he began to pray, and as he prayed, phrase after phrase after phrase came right out of the Word of God. I'm thankful for a son-in-law like that, that has not just 
checked a box and signed a card and said, I'm on my way to heaven. But there is flowing from his heart, not the overflow of silliness or wickedness, but there is this sweet stream that flows from the word. Receive with humility, not pride, the engrafted word, the rooted word, which is able. We know we're not saved by works, but he is talking about the tense of salvation that sanctifies. You are being, you are saved, you're being saved, and one day finally glorified. You, there's the tenses. Of, he's, he's talking about right here, this idea, this is saving you. The word is, not only has saved us, but is saving our souls. And be doers of the word. So convicting, isn't it? Be receptive, be pure, uh, be peaceful. And it says here, be real. Um, I, I like J. Vernon McGee's comment about this. Everybody may struggle and argue about this and that and the other thing, nuances, uh, scriptural thoughts. But he says, I, I like the way James says, the version we all ought to be reading is the doer's version. And you see this, verse 22, be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. We think we're wrapped in some sort of robe of righteousness because we've heard the word. Well, we're deceiving ourselves. If any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like the man who beholds his natural face in a glass. We spoke about this in a Wednesday series. In those days, there were no really glass mirrors with that reflective, what is that on the back? I don't know what that is. Some of you science people help me. But they didn't have that so much in those days. What they had was polished brass that kind of had a fuzzy, even the best, had a fuzzy reflection of your real face. But you're like a man, and again, I suppose ladies were more prone to stare or linger at the, at the mirror Uh, opposed to a man who perhaps just glances and goes on his way. He's like a man who just glances in in the mirror, and he looks at himself and simply just goes his way and forgetteth what manner of man he was. If we are to be real, transparent, if we are to be those who are honest and genuine in our faith, he tells us, whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, continueth therein. That's the process of discipleship and growth that takes time, he being not a forgetful hearer. That's what I was speaking of earlier, but a doer of the work. Every time, every time, it's a good discipline. I don't do it every day, but every time we should aim for this. When you have your time with the Lord and His Word, ask the question, what did I learn today? Okay, two questions. What did I learn today? And how is it going to be applied in my life today? Not just, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm getting my way through this thing. I'm going to get the Bible. I'm going to read it through. That's fine. But slow down enough to ask the Lord, what did I learn today? And how is it going to be applied in my life today? And I think we'll become those who live the Word more honestly, transparently, uh, in, in a way that is the doer's version of the Bible. That's the version we truly need. Pastor Swindoll was, was um, ministering in California for a number of years and went to Dallas a Seminary, but his kids one um, year bought him a mask 
<laughs> I don't know if it was for Halloween or something. It was a spoof gift. It was one of these rubber masks that goes over your whole face. And he, he said, my kids uh, said, I, they're going to pay me $10 if I actually wear that thing uh, in a message at my big church. He said, I didn't do it. Kind of too silly. But he said, I did have a speaking engagement where they gave me the topic of authenticity. And he said, I did. I wore it. Now, he's got a sense of humor if you know him. And he says, I started off with a very serious tone and introduced my message while wearing this mask, and the audience lost it. He said everybody was laughing. And then he took it off and said this, Do you know how many of you do the same thing I just did in reality? You wear a mask to church. Inside, you have this, um, like the Lord said to the Pharisees, you're full of dead men's bones. But on the outside, we all look pretty good. Here's what he's saying. If you look into this glass and you walk away and you don't do anything, if you don't do anything, you're not a doer of the work, you're forgetful here. Well, if you don't do that, verse 29 says, you're just really a fraud. You're a fake. You're hiding behind a mask of religion. And your religion is vain. It's worthless. How sad to put on a mask every day of your life, to hide behind deception and lies and arrive one day and be discovered in front of the Lord himself. As he says, depart from me. You've got to take the mask off. I see through it anyway. You you are not who you profess to be, and I know it. You know it. Depart from me. I never knew you. Pure religion and undefiled before God is this, to visit, to visit the Father, to do works that are motivated by a real relationship with God, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. I love that little song, Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart. Thank you for joining us today. Please tune in each week for new messages from Bible Baptist Church in Hampton, Georgia. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you.